Hey there, designers. Welcome to Huddle. Today, we have a special guest joining us, Eric Hahn, full stack developer at Inkblot. He's going to be helping us dive deep into the designer dev relationship, something that is a pinnacle to the UX design industry and something that we will be building for the rest of our career journeys. So excited for you to jump into this with us. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome back, designers, and welcome to Huddle. For those new to the show, we are Huddle, where we dive deep into the world of UX design and help you take your skills to the next level. Uh, Like I said before the intro, we have Eric here, a full-stack developer. Eric, can you introduce yourself for the audience and tell us a little bit about your story? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So I'm a intermediate developer at full-stack... Oh, sorry, sorry. At uh, Inkblot Technology. Inkblot Therapy. Uh, I've been doing this for about three years. Uh, I started off with a boot camp as well. So I know that um, with all of your stories, uh, you guys all started at the exact same uh, design boot camp. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of mirror that experience uh, with you guys. What boot camp was that, if you don't mind me asking? It was Concordia Boot Camps in Montreal. Oh, very nice. Yeah previously known as uh, Decode. Oh, cool. And what was your experience with that? It was really hard. Um, I think uh, I, I listened to an episode earlier about um, you guys going to boot camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering what the difference between a developer and designer boot camp would be like. Really, the only difference that I saw was subject matter. Mm-hmm. Really, that was it. Like the uh, commiseration on Slack, yeah. Um, staying up super late into the night. Um, everybody coming to school the next day with like bewildered looks on our faces. Like we we like, it, it lasted maybe um, three months, and it felt like we aged like four years. <laughs> yeah, sure. the trauma bonding was universal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that 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 was my start there. Um, if I remember correctly, BrainStation has a pretty good um, career services as well. Yeah. Um, so it was the same thing with us. We had about three months of uh, development uh, training and then six months of uh, career services. So from there, I got a uh, like um, hourly consultancy job as a junior developer at like a very, very small startup. Mm. It was the CEO, the CTO, and then me. So I was uh, employee number one. And uh, yeah, and they hired me on for 20 hours a week, give or take. I worked for 20 hours a week for maybe three or four days. And then they were like, please just work 40 if you can. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it started. And then at a certain point, they're like, okay, stop billing us. We're just going to hire you. And then I became like a a full employee and I worked there for almost about maybe a year and a half. Um, And then I moved on um, to freelancing for a bit. That was kind of interesting. Um, It takes a lot of, uh, how how do I say it? Like, um, Like you really have to put yourself out there. You really have to put yourself like on top of your business. And maybe that wasn't the best choice for me. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking for work again, and I ended up at a uh, ink blood therapy. 
What was it like getting your start at a startup, um, especially as employee number one? Yeah. Um, when it was your first real experience in the in the industry after boot camp, what was that like? Um, I, I feel like in uh, with with startups, especially, there's like a lot of like immediacy oh, yeah. involved, right? Um, my company at the time, um, they were trying to get investment. That's the only way that their company would continue. Mm-hmm. So they started. Um, they're like, we have these goals that we need to hit. We're trying to get this MVP out the door. Um, we have this presentation coming up. So we're really trying to get all this stuff out, right? Uh, what that meant was on my very first day at this job, um, they asked me to build a whole full screen function to their video calling application. And I was just lost. I was absolutely lost. And um, during my first maybe two or three months working as a developer, I allotted time to just lay on my bed and like look at the ceiling and ask myself like, what is going on? Calm myself down. How do I do this? Calm myself down a little bit more and then go like, okay, let's figure this out. Yeah. 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 Let's figure this out. If there isn't a more tech savvy <laughs> phrase, because I think that that is really like the motto of everyone in this industry. Um, there's not a whole lot of time to to not figure it out. Absolutely. Um, would you say that that is something that has kind of propelled you through the rest of your career as well, that kind of figure it out mentality? I, yeah, definitely. I think um, no matter what problem I run into at work, um, there's no questions that haven't been asked. Right. So um, I'm not sure what the resources are for designers, mm-hmm. but for developers, it's like um, you you hop on Stack Overflow. You start Googling things like, hey, how do I do this? Um, you just copy and paste bugs, um, like whatever um, like technologies you're using. And then at some point you'll find this sort of answer and you'll try it. It won't work. You give it another go. You try and like, um, you know, like hone your googling a little bit more like you start adding certain keywords in you find your thing you finally get it done it's a big relief and then you keep doing that over and over again until you run into your next uh, roadblock that being said at my company now there's a lot more developers um if i run into something i can just ask somebody else if they've run into something similar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's also very helpful yeah it's like working with a team is quite different than working on your own so uh, I'm wondering, do you have any experience working with designers? I have a lot of experience working with designers. <laughs> Please share with us. Spill the tea. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. Where can I start? Um, maybe I'll start with like the relationship between developers and designers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, usually in like a team layout, there's more developers than there are designers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can think of it kind of as like the architect and like the construction workers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that that relationship is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the designer has like a much larger context when it comes to um, like building an application, right? Mm-hmm. They have like the business context. They have yeah. the um, like the flow of the application. Mm-hmm. So like what's going to come from one thing to another thing. What are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what are, what are all the uh, different states? Um, the developers, they are specifically working on 
that page that they're working on in the application, the singular components in that application. So like the context is totally different, mm -hmm. right? So um, developers can find a lot of things that designers aren't looking for. And designers can uh, f like catch things that developers aren't thinking about, mm -hmm. right? There's this uh, like relationship where hopefully they end up catching uh, everything. Uh, there's no such thing as catching everything, yeah. but trying to catch like as much as they possibly can. Yeah, and like I, I feel like a good developer designer relationship mm -hmm. uh, will like mitigate as much of that as possible. I see. Yeah.、Uh, do you have any tips from the perspective of a developer for designers, like how, as a developer, you would expect designers to co collaborate with you in order to achieve a good working environment and a good working balance between developers and de designers? Yeah, absolutely. I think.、Um, A lot of developers,、uh, they're like,、um, especially front-end developers.、Mm -hmm. um, so for people that don't know, front-end developers are、uh, the developers that build things that you touch and interact with, and you can visually see. So you see a header, you click the header, the drop-down menu comes down, you press、mm -hmm. the button, it links you. So that's、uh, front-end.、Mm -hmm. So a lot of front-end developers have to be very、um, uh, visually strong.、Um, So that that they can like,、uh, how to how to explain this? Yeah, they they have to be visually strong to like be able to look at a design, be like, okay, I can see the padding, I can see the margins, I、mm -hmm. can see the color. When they're developing it, they should be able to tell, oh, this is wrong, oh, this isn't correct,、uh, I need to fix this. Um, yeah. So developers, they they are visual people.、Um, designers are much more so. And then their focus is a lot more on the visual aspect,、um, to kind of like、uh, catch all the holes that the developer might be leaving. I think it's important for a designer to be like fully involved in the development process if they have time. There's some cases where if、uh, a company only has one designer and the company is quite small, then the designer is just jumping project, 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 project.、Mm -hmm. uh, in my team right now. Um, we're working on a project that requires a lot of front end work.、Mm -hmm. um, we're pushing code a lot, and we really want to make sure that like nothing falls through the holes,、mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we have a、uh, design refinement. I'm not sure if the refinement there. There's like a presentation of the design. We've had multiple of those, and then when we started making the、uh, actual pages, we would bring the pages that we're making. And then we'll do visual QA. We'll bring that to the designer, and we're like, "Okay, what do you think about this?、Mm -hmm. Like, is this okay?、Um, we couldn't make this work to the design.、Mm -hmm. Can we change the design? Do you want us to try harder to like make this work? Like a time management thing. Yeah. So. So it's all about communication between like different parts of the project. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And cool. I feel like.、Um, In our teams, we spend so much time、mm -hmm. uh, doing meetings and、um, like either formal or informal to get that communication across. So that sounds like what I've heard from a lot of developers. But I have questions about how early you get involved with the designers. I heard a conversation the other day where they were talking about the defeating experience of presenting a design to your developers and then them just saying like that's not possible. And I think that would save everyone a lot of time by communicating early. But then we were also discussing informally before you got here, 
it could be kind of just something that might be a bit of a waste of time in some cases where you're involved almost too early and where you might find that annoying. So when you're working on your teams, and I'm sure every company and team is a little bit different, but um, when you're developing that relationship with your designers, like how early would you would like to be involved in that conversation? Right. Um, so I have experience in uh, two separate ways regarding that. One is in a corporate setting and one is in a freelance setting. In the freelance setting, we were making um, like much more of like a community-based um, sort of like a public art um, application for like folks to be using. And uh, so I would be involved in the design process immediately. Me being the only developer, um, what can be done in the front end depends on my capacity, right? right. So involving me earlier in, in that sort of aspect, um, it makes things... Uh, like it, it saves a lot of time, right? Mm. You don't mock up so deeply into the the design flow where um, when I say that something's not possible, you have to scrap a bunch of work. Um, in the corporate setting, nothing is really uh, so complicated. Um, the complication comes from like the complexity of the application, like it's uh, breadth. Mm -hmm. um, it's not so much the depth. Yeah. I, at least that's what I found so far. So it sounds like it would always be a good idea to get your developer involved with the technological feasibility questions as soon as possible. But are there any other things that you enjoy being a part of the process too? Like what about ideating or um, understanding the context of the research or understanding the business needs? Is that ever something that the developer would want to be privy to as well or is that something that you're just like mm, i don't need to be a part of this you can you can keep me out of that meeting invite yeah um okay i i am a creative person so on the side i do creative work um i think that comes with the assumption that i want to be involved with like the creation or the visual aspect or the ideation of um of projects at my workplace. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really can't be further from that. Um, as a developer, I kind of feel like a code carpenter, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so much that goes into like the actual building aspect uh, of an application that it's really hard to context switch yeah. between, okay, right now I need to be creative. Uh, right now I need to um, like understand like creative communication. Right mm -hmm. now I need to um, spend a bunch of time in meetings um, learning about the context behind like the application. Um, I'm just not a stakeholder in that way. And I feel like if I was a stakeholder, somebody very involved with the project's uh, ideation, I would not have a lot of time to be a developer. Mm. Yeah. And um, back to the context switching uh, in, in like a, a different part of my job. Um, every time you have a meeting um, in between like a coding session, you know, it really pulls you out of it. Right? Yeah. And it takes really... away from your focus time. Exactly. You really want to get into that flow state. You really want to just be, you know, like writing code, fixing bugs, like push, 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 push. Right. Yeah. I think that's actually an interesting point because I know that in a lot of um, design literature, there's a suggestion from designers to get your developers and your other stakeholders on 
involved in the process early on so that you get buy-in from them and, and that they understand the why. But you're saying that it actually can lead to a lot of context switching for people on the team and could inevitably slow down the process of getting the product shipped out. So that's that's an interesting perspective and, and interesting to keep in mind that I think it sounds like you'd, you'd rather just be involved in the questions of can we do this? Can't we do this? Mm-hmm. And how? And how? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a fine balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in my my corporation that I work for right now, developers are the people who are involved in the least meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think there's also a stereotype that developers tend to be like less social. Mm. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think developers are like very like vibrant people. Like a lot of them are very vibrant people. It's just that our work requires a lot of like sitting down and just you know, hitting the code. Mm-hmm. We're, we're mm-hmm. in the code mines every single day. We have like coal under our eyes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stereotypes, I know you're outside of being a developer, you're also a designer as well, which is quite different from the stereotypical developers. I know you personally, I know you're not a stereotypical part of design developers. Sorry. So uh, can you tell us more about like your design practice? Okay, sure. So I am a designer, but not in the same way that these three are. Um, I'm actually a fashion designer. That's my uh, trade before this. Um, yeah, let's see. Well, so, well, what makes you want to be a fashion designer at the first place? Uh, that's a. I, I'm a huge fashion consumer, <laughs> and I also happen to be a creative. So I get like an urge to do this sort of thing. There's like a long story of me leading into this sort of thing. But at this point, it's like a compulsion and a want and a mm-hmm. need. I have to do my creative stuff. So mm-hmm. I do my creative stuff. Would you say like uh, doing your creative stuff that somehow like help you in developing or like writing code? I-, I don't know if that makes sense at all. But like I'm just curious how you balance out this too. Like seemingly quite different types of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I think about it, um, my practice in um, creating clothes is uh, pattern drafting. So Mm -hmm. I'm a pattern drafter. Um, For folks that don't know what pattern drafting is, um, if you've ever seen somebody sew, they usually have to lay out a piece of paper on top of their fabric and then they mark it and then they uh, cut out their their markings. So they cut out these like garment pieces. Um, the creation of those paper patterns requires a lot of logic uh, and um, like mathematics. It's arguably the most difficult part of the process. Uh, I think I, I, I really don't like draping. Okay. Yeah, I don't like draping, I like drafting. So yeah, for everybody it's different, but um, I really love the pattern drafting portion of that. When I imagine clothes, I imagine clothes apart and flat on a piece of uh, on the ground. When I mm-hmm. when I look at a sleeve, I'm like, what does that look like if it was flat? How do people make it like that? So there, there's a lot of like logic involved, and one of the pathways to me leading into tech, or one of the ways that I kind of um, convinced myself that I would be a good choice to be a developer was oh, my thing in fashion design is the most mathematic and logic-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means I must be good at computational uh, logic for code, right? 
Yeah. So so that was one of the ways that I. That's like the connection between like your two parts of life. Yeah. So I convinced myself with that, but when it comes to the actual carryover、mm-hmm. between the two, maybe the only thing that carries over is like, um, like my my capacity to work.、Mm-hmm. So like I can when I when I make clothes, I sit down, put my head down, and I work. Same thing when I code, I sit down, I put my head down, and I work. And maybe that's just the, like either it's foolhardiness or toughness, and whether it's one or the other depends、mm-hmm. on the day. For sure, for、yeah. sure. Or just the the hyper focus kicking. Yeah, in. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have tricks to 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 get it to like kick on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then when I'm there, it's just like oh, everything's out the window. Yeah. Goodbye, food. Goodbye, getting、yeah. up from your chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the the perfect amount of coffee, um, the just the right song, um, going going to work out in the morning, something like that. It'll just, I hit I hit the ground running. I just hit the code. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. Full eight hours of sleep. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting that despite like people are having so many stereotypes. Types about us working in tech, like thinking about like glasses and play shirts, sitting in the chair, typing code every day. But actually, this industry, this community is quite diverse and quite vibrant. And I know that similar to Eric's experience, a lot of us as designers in this industry, we also come from like various backgrounds, have a different life outside of. You know, designing things in Figma or typing code, and I guess that's one thing I like about this industry is how different everyone is and how inclusive it can be.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, speaking of which,、um, do you have any、um, suggestions for people out there who are trying to break break into this industry, whether as developer or as designer? Um, do you have any suggestions for them?、Uh, to clarify, for designers, is it like designer developers, like both at once?、Uh, for anyone who's at junior level, because I know the job market right now is not that promising. It's not that, you know. Yeah, it's not. It's looking a little bleak out there.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> It feels like everyone's trying to do side hustles. And、yeah. do you have any tips on that, like how to balance out life,、mm-hmm. how to balance out your day work and side hustle? Okay. Uh, let's go with、uh, learning to develop first,、mm-hmm. and then we'll move on to the side hustle. Sure, sure.、Um, learning how to develop. Let's see. If you are a somebody who's interested in getting into code,、um, the first thing that I would say is there's a lot of paid、um, programs out there, like online programs that offer,、um, like, oh, you're going to learn how to, you know, write, I don't know, C sharp in like. For four weeks, just follow this program, right?、Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff out there that wants you to pay money. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Start at Code Academy. Have you guys heard of Code Academy? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So Code Ac- Academy has pretty much everything to start at the beginning. You touch maybe like JavaScript, or you maybe touch Python. You see how you like it, and then you decide from there. What kind of development am I interested in doing? Right, you learn how to do like front end development. I think that's a great start for a lot of people who have like a creative background or are more visual people.、Mm-hmm. Um, people who are like very into like logic and data, maybe look into back end development. 
and then uh, you do enough back end, you do enough front end, you'll, you understand maybe not the syntax, but you start to understand um, like code better and you can start becoming something like a full stack developer if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what you are. Yes. Could you actually explain to us what languages you speak and and kind of demystify them a little bit, maybe in the simplest terms for us? Speak with my hands? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started with JavaScript. I'm a JavaScript developer. So my, um, let's see, in code, how, how well do you guys understand like frameworks and libraries? Uh, assume that we know nothing. Okay, great. Um, so JavaScript is a language. Um, when I code in JavaScript, I use a framework called React. Have you guys heard of React? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, frameworks are these sorts of technologies on top of um, a language to, to add a certain functionality to it. In this case, React is this componentization. Um, so I can create like a piece of code and then I can reuse it in different places and I can mm-hmm. create like a file structure very similar to uh, HTML. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that's how we build our applications. And that was developed by Facebook. Um, right now we're using TypeScript, which is a uh, like a like a essentially just like a more um, tight, less error prone version of JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And then we also use that with React. And that's um, what is that? That was developed by Microsoft. Then in the back end, uh, I use JavaScript as well. And then we use a framework called Node. And that's to build uh, REST APIs, which are these special uh, sorts of backends that are very common right now. And then at work, we use Ruby on Rails, which is an older technology for backends. That's kind of interesting. And I'm having fun learning about it. Yeah. That's that's just a bunch of words. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that <laughs> for designers. That's but like also we get to know like what are the names mm-hmm. to look into like after the episode to know a little bit more about coding. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of um like people ask a lot of questions like where do I start? Mm-hmm. Where do I start? I don't even have an answer for you. Maybe try JavaScript. See how that goes. <laughs> Finish, finish some courses. Um, you'll find out what you like. If you want to be a developer, um, I feel like do some soul searching. Figure out what kind of developer you want to be. If the answer is just like, I want to be a paid developer, then maybe look at the companies you want to work for and then mm-hmm. figure out what their stack is and then learn their stack. Would you say like for designers who want to know more coding knowledge, looking to maybe front end, HTML, and CSS? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think like the basics of learning like HTML, CSS, um, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like designers can learn a lot uh, on the job because they interact with uh, developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of shared knowledge as well, right? Mm-hmm. There's like the different states of the application, like, oh, this should be a modal, this should be a loading state, um, this should be like a sidebar, this is how it should pull out, right? Developers and designers share that sort of uh, language. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, since the two jobs are so different, um, especially in like the greater context, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I would um, dissuade anybody from trying to become like a full on like unicorn. 
Yeah. So like full developer, full mm -hmm. designer, it's just way too much to try and um, handle or deal with unless you're like a one person agency and you have like a really tight pipeline where you're like, okay, like this is how I do this. This is how I do that. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And, and there's so much change happening in both industries. It would be almost impossible to try to keep up with the changes in both of them at once. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got to imagine you, you're working like 40 hours a week, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. You have to stay on top of like the new technologies or there's like this pressure to stay on top of the new technologies that are coming through. And then like if you had to do that at the same time as a designer, it, it's just too much, way too much. Mm -hmm. I guess in terms of that, without without going all the way to full on unicorn, what type of knowledge would help a designer entering that designer developer relationship? Is it good to go to your developer early on and, and figure out like what languages do you speak and what capabilities and then and then figure out for yourself like what capabilities are there within that and like is that enough or is there something some way that we could quantify how we could show up to that relationship with some kind of knowledge on our end as well right I think um, it's hard to quantify that mm. um, and for you know every designer and for every developer it's different um, but I, I do believe that designers lead a lot of conversations when it comes to um, the, the general creation yeah. of like an application. So that kind of becomes, that comes first before like the granular part of like the development. So I think uh, as a designer, you should reach out to your devs, be like, hey, what's going on? Do you need help in, uh, with anything? Can I clarify anything with you? Um, like... Uh, my door is o always open, yeah. like just shoot shoot me a message, we can like hop into a huddle, like anything like that, keeping that communication open because sometimes developers aren't the best at communication, right? Yeah. Yeah, so reach out, figure it out, figure it out exactly what the other person needs and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah, that's so important. I guess from an early stage what would it look like to create that good relationship in in your mind like what would it just be sending a quick hello when you join the team to your developer and maybe setting up a, a quick chat with them just to connect and figure out who they are like even outside of work just so that you you develop that working relationship with them like what has been really effective in in your world mm -hmm. so Right now at my company, we when a new person joins the team, the management actually sets up one-on-ones with every single uh, member of the team. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really great, and it it works really well to like kind of break the ice between people. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, I have a really great uh, relationship with my designer um, that I'm working with right now, Juliet Fajardo, uh, at Inklot Therapy. Um, and we mostly just get along because we we get along right like, mm -hmm. and like our personal relationship allows us to you know really just like when we when we need to like we hit the weeds we're like okay what's going on let's figure this out um why is this progress bar like 20 pixels it should be four and i'm like okay okay hold on hold on and then like mm -hmm. i'm like diving in there we're just chatting yeah yeah it's it's cool it's casual yeah, but we get stuff done, right? Yeah, one thing I've always heard from mentors um, in the industry is that just day one, become best friends with your developer because they're going to be the one that you are always like going to their desk and figuring things out with and yeah. you guys are just going to go and back and forth a lot. And so just if you can, set up your desk right next to theirs and get to becoming friends. 
you know, pushing pixels, centering divs. It's what we do. <laughs> cool. Um, I guess we'll wrap up from here. And thank you so much for being on this episode with us. Thank you for huddling with us. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Anything that you, any quick shout-outs you want to make? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you can catch me on my LinkedIn. I believe that's, uh, you can just type in Eric Hahn, um, or, or my URL. I think it's uh, Eric Hahn 6 But yeah, look for me there. Uh, connect with me. Shoot me a message if you have any questions. Um, also, on my Instagram, we're doing a launch for my brand soon. Um, we're, we're sort of like relaunching it. You can find that at uh, Pillar Brand. So just one word, P-I-L-L-A-R Brand. Um, yeah. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. We'll make sure to link in the show notes all of those links that Eric just shared with us. So if you're looking for those, check out the show notes. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Really great conversation that we had here looking into the designer dev relationship and some really good insights that we can now all take back to industry and create building those relationships and work on making the best product possible. So that, thank you again. And this has been The Huddle. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Huddle. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch along, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. If you're feeling generous, please leave us a review and rating on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve our content and reach more people. Until next time, keep learning, growing, and exploring. Today's show was produced by Meg, Mel, and Cam, with help from Meg, Mel, and Cam. Editing from Cam, music from Half Cool, I'm Meg, thanks for joining the huddle.